Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app and programming note for all of you Commanders, Skins fans out there, the game will air on WRVA 1140 AM this Sunday as there's a tech basketball game that will air on 910 The Fan. So if you tune to 910 The Fan and you don't hear the normal pregame show or the game itself, just simply go to 1140 AM, News Radio WRVA. Uh, joining me right now, though, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you hear him right here on 910 The Fan from 3 to 6 p.m. It's Grant Polson. What's going on, GP? Hey, buddy. How are you? I- I'm doing great, and I'm in such a good mood this week, even after a loss, because the national media is starting to pay attention to Sam Howell. How great is that? Yeah, they're liking what they're seeing. It's funny because in the off season, you know, everybody that I saw talking about how nationally was asking the same question, which was, how on earth can Washington possibly be going with this guy? <laughs> I think they were judging him because he was a fifth-round pick, obviously. But we all in town knew that he had potential, right? You saw it in Week 18 against Dallas. And I think we saw it in the preseason as you know, ineffective sometimes as an evaluational tool as that can be. So getting him through the preseason last year, playing the way he did, seeing what he did in Week 18, hearing some of the rumblings in the building from players, I think there was some hope that he could do it, and it was worth trying. But, uh, yeah, the national media is starting to come around. They're seeing more of some of the sizzle reels and the big plays and the big-time arm strength and some of his athleticism and mobility. So it's good to see him getting some love. And locally, a headline that I saw shared a ton involved a few of our coworkers, Linnell Willingham and Craig Hoffman, in which Linnell said, I would take Sam Howell over Caleb Williams. Did you guys talk about that on your show yet? We have not talked about that on our show, no. Uh, that is a take for yeah. sure. I know, I know. Because Caleb Williams, I, I mean, I mean, you and I both have been following him since high school. I mean, you still believe he's going to come in and be like Patrick Mahomes level in a few seasons? Yeah, I don't know that I'll ever slap Patrick Mahomes on anybody. It's probably unfair, but I think he's an unbelievable prospect. I think he'll go 1-1. Uh, what he's able to do not only in the pocket with his arm strength and making throws, but really, frankly, off schedule and doing some of the things athletically with uh, his ability to create and make plays that aren't there. Uh, some of the throws he makes, you know, as he's like running out of bounds, planting on the sideline, throwing back to the middle of the field, you know, he checks a lot of boxes. There's going to be development needed, obviously, uh, but you're looking, I think, for basically a prospect who is able to possess accuracy and arm strength and smarts and athleticism and there's just nothing he doesn't have he's one of the great quarterback prospects we've seen in a long time so uh, look I'm a Sam Howell guy I'm happy with how he's playing uh, but I don't think there's a GM in the National Football League that would roll with you know Howell 11 games in after having been a fifth round pick and three weeks removed from you know being on pace to be sacked 100 times uh, over a guy that you know everyone's kind of salivating about the possibility to work with. Grant Paulson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. And Grant, the question of the day has been, what's it going to take for Washington to get, it, to get a win against the Giants on Sunday? I think just showing up. I think waking up and eating some breakfast and then going to the stadium. <laughs> That's probably my keys for them. Uh, the Giants are horrendous. And that quarterback that they're playing right now, Danny DeVito, 
I think his name's Tommy, but I'm calling him Danny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing here, Harry? I mean, this is a disaster <laughs> season for them. It, it's it's ugly, man. Like this was a team, remember that won nine games. They're over 500 because of a tie, but basically a 10 win team that made the playoffs and won a road playoff game last year in year one under Dable. And it looked like Shane and Dable, their GM and head coach, were kind of on their way to really building a program. And you fast forward now to this year, and the regression has been real. I think a lot of it's injury-related. You know, their, their line's been decimated. Both their starting and backup quarterback are out. Their running back, Saquon Barkley, missed time. And is, I watch him right now going back and looking at their games. He doesn't look like the same guy as when he's been dynamic like last year or early in his career. Um, so he's not right. It's just gross, man. It's really, really ugly. They gave up over 600 yards last week. It's been like 40-some years, I think, I saw, since the team's been outgained by more yards than the Giants were last week. Now, you know, it's a division game, and, you know, I, I joke a little bit about just showing up. You can't just roll the ball out there. But, frankly, you know, this would be an embarrassing game to lose. It would be humiliating for this regime, and it, it would be completely uh, unacceptable if they didn't beat this Giants team. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, just show up and be ready for the game at 1 p.m. Not like Chris Russell likes to say the commanders start every week at 2 p.m. or 2.30. How many points do you think it's going to take, Grant? Because this is a Giants team that held Washington to just seven points and Wink Martindale completely outcoached Eric Bieniemy in that game. I think they could probably win this game with 14, like a 14-13 win, maybe 13-10. to But they're going to score more than that, I think. Um, it's a fun game, I think, and a good eval for Eric Bieniemy. He got his lunch taken by Wink Martindale, as you just referenced a few weeks ago. Martindale just completely dominated him. Now, for the record, Bieniemy in the three games since has been phenomenal and has really turned a corner, I think. And my feelings on Bieniemy have shifted and changed immensely as he's made some major adjustments in terms of what he's asking Sam Howell to do and how long he's expected him to hold the football and, and masking deficiencies on his line and with his quarterback taking sacks over these last three games, and I think the whole world has changed offensively uh, because of that shift in paradigm. So I give him a lot of credit for that uh, since the Giants fiasco. Having said that, um, I think that they're probably going to score you know, 20 to 23, 24 points, probably win the game by two touchdowns or something. I, I've got this as like a, a 24 to 10, maybe a 24 to 13 kind of game. Yeah, and the offense is playing much better than the last time these two teams faced off against each other. But, Grant, I've been saying if Washington's not only going to win Sunday, but if they're going to win Thursday also on Thanksgiving, they need such a big lead against the Giants that Sam Howell doesn't even need to play in the fourth quarter. Like, I want this to be like a statement win where they're up 21-3 at a half or something like that. Yeah, it'd be nice. It's a, it's a good point if you could get some guys off their feet and get ready for Thursday, but... I mean, let's face it. I mean, I, I can be as confident as I want to, and, and you can suggest what you just did, which is correct, and, and I get it. I mean, this team doesn't win games like that yeah. under this coaching staff. You know, it's, when's the last time they've really legitimately, truly had a laugh or win? I mean, you've got to go back years probably. So it, it, it's unlikely. You know, they're going to be scratching and clawing somehow probably by the end of this game. Um, but you're right. It would be really nice if – you know, remember the Thanksgiving Day game against Dallas, which was their last lap, or 41-16, to with Montez Sweat no longer here having a pick six uh, going back to 2020 in Ron's first season. It was against the backup quarterback, of course. It, you know, it wasn't like an authentic Cowboys team. But, you know, they took advantage of who they played. And, you know, that day, who was at quarterback for Dallas, I think it was uh, Dalton or Danucci, one of those two guys. But um, I think, A-Watt, I, I do. I think that they win. They win comfortably. I don't think it'll be like – a 20-some point game in the fourth quarter where 
they're able to rest guys and get them ready for Thursday. But I think they're going into Dallas with a chance to get the 500 for sure. Speaking of the offense for the Commanders, one thing that I think is holding Washington back offensively from reaching their full potential under Eric Bieniemy is that their tight ends are too slow. And I love Logan Thomas, and there was one drag route there where he just looked like he was limping or something. I mean, just so slow. John Bates is so slow. Cole Turner, have you have you kind of um, looked any further into the issue with him? Why has he been inactive the last few weeks? And they obviously don't think he can block, uh, is what I'm guessing. I mean, look, when he's gotten opportunities as a receiver, he's made the most of them. Now, I guess it's possible that there's some pass-catching things they don't like, whether it's route running or, you know, on choice routes, he doesn't do the right thing or something. But what we've seen with our eyes when we watch the game is he's gotten open early in the year when Logan was hurt, and he's made catches. He's had a big catch radius. He's made lunging and diving and leaping catches. and He's been pretty athletic and makes plays. So I have to imagine it's more of a blocking thing just because that's kind of the, the part of his game that's behind. That, that's the best I can tell. I mean, this all coincides, remember, as they're trying to mitigate sacks and cut down on pressures of the quarterback and doing some more things, max protecting and keeping tight ends in. So maybe that's part of the equation. I completely agree with your uh, assessment of the tight end position, though. Not to say they're slow as much as, like, look, Logan Thomas is a good weapon, but he's a weapon in the sense that he can go up and make leaping catches and box guys out with his big frame and kind of get rebounds almost, if you will, when the football's coming at him. Uh, he, he's also a rumbler after the catch. Like, he, he makes people pay for trying to tackle him. He's physical as hell. I wouldn't want to try to tackle that guy. He's a monster. Um, John Bates is just a big kind of rumbling, stumbling, bumbling, you know, like five yards after the catch is a good thing kind of guy, right? He's a blocker first and second and third and, and a receiver after that had three catches for 21 yards this past week, all in the first quarter, which was a season high. And then he didn't catch the ball again after that. But, yeah, they need a weapon at tight end, no doubt. To me, that is one of the most underutilized and undervalued positions in the league. It's trending in the right direction where teams are starting to figure out that that can unlock some offense and some explosives. Uh, but just analytically speaking, if you look at like the value financially at the position, what those guys get paid compared to some other positions, it hasn't caught up. And you can really add weapons on the cheap in that regard. You know, it costs twenty some twenty five million for a great receiver. It costs thirteen million for a great tight end. So, it's a market I would dabble in. I'm surprised they haven't. Uh, but I don't know. We see eye to eye with kind of how they do things over there under this group. That's Grant Paulson. Follow him on social media at Grant H Paulson. What do you got coming up today, starting at three p.m.? Yeah, looking forward to what should be a fun show. We're out in Alexandria today at Rudy's Golf, which is a cool spot up here in Northern Virginia. So if people are traveling up toward the city, we'll be at Rudy's Golf from 2 to 6.30 today. You can come drive. they got 70 bays and a couple putt-putt courses, which is pretty sweet. So I'm fired up about that. But, uh, yeah, we're looking ahead to Sunday, obviously. We're previewing Thursday night football. We finally have a great primetime game tonight with the Ravens and the Bengals, which is cool. And uh, also, you know, kind of off the beaten path a little bit for us. But I want to talk about what a bummer it is that the Oakland A's are moving to Vegas, man. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan, as you know, Adam, and, uh, that just stinks. You know, the fans in Oakland have lost the Raiders, now the Athletics. Uh, the Warriors left Oakland to go to San Francisco in their new arena. So I just feel for that that group of fans out there. No, I, I do too. I mean, I, I, I catch myself slipping all the time and still calling uh, the Raiders the Oakland Raiders because I'm just so used to it. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oakland Raiders taking on the San Diego Chargers. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Grant, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. All right, be good, buddy. Good yep. talking. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And tonight, the NFL returns with the beginning of Week 11, a really good Thursday night football matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. But before we get to that game, each week, Michael Phillips and I cancel a franchise. Turn in your pads and helmets. Your season is done. A canceled franchise means... We believe you have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. And Michael Phillips is with us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's going on, MP? Hey, feeling great. How are you doing today? It's a victory Thursday. Let's go. It is, man. And that was a good crowd at the uh, VCU game last night. And um, I-, I thought your interview after the game was awesome with Christian Furman. Wasn't, wasn't he fantastic? And uh, yeah, but pop on the Odyssey app if you want to listen to that uh, or the pod MP on the mic. He's uh, just a happy dude and uh, talked about how, you know, he wasn't sure he wanted to stay after the coaching transition, but he's really grown to love Ryan Odom's offense. And uh, I mean, who among us has not grown to love Ryan Odom's offense? It's, uh, it's, it's more up-tempo. It's more exciting. And it was so good to see those guys put it together in the second half last night. That's, we've been waiting for that for a long time. You know, not, it feels like a long time, maybe three games. But, you know, it's felt like that's been a long time coming, the, the smoothness of that and the defense creating offensive buckets. Just so important. Yes, absolutely. All right, so Thursday Night Football tonight, which means it's time to cancel a franchise. Can yes, I get a little sir. NFL theme music stub here as I go through the list here? Michael Phillips, MP on the mic, has canceled. The New York Giants, the Arizona Cardinals, the Chicago Bears, the New England Patriots, the Panthers, the Rams, the Titans, the Raiders, and the Bucks. Any any nerves right now about the teams that you've canceled, Michael? Yeah, I have regrets about last week. I don't think I should have taken down the Bucks. They, of course, responded by winning last week. It's a bad division. I think that might have been a playoff team that I canceled there. I have no regrets on the others. Uh, you know, I live life no regrets, but uh, I, I'm worried. I think I might have taken out my first playoff team accidentally. What about the Raiders? Antonio Pierce on a two-game win streak with the Raiders. I have zero concerns about the Raiders. There's always that new coach bounce. Like, there's a new coach. Everybody's excited. Everybody's coming to work. It's still a grind, man. It'll wear them down. They're in the AFC West. Broncos are surging. Chargers are very good. I don't have to tell you the Chiefs are a good football team. I I, I don't see that being a sustainable thing. All right, Stubb, make sure you save that audio because when the Raiders (laughs) beat the Dolphins this weekend, we're going to come back to that. All right, MP, is the pick in? The pick is in. Do-do-do-do-do. You're fired. See you later. I know, because you're fired. No, you're fired. And now it is my great pleasure to announce you are fired. Well, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye to the New York Jets. I've seen enough, Adam. I've seen enough. I've watched too much Zach Wilson. I've watched too much Chris Collinsworth fawning over (laughs) Zach Wilson. I've heard too many proclamations that Aaron Rodgers is coming back for the playoffs. Somebody has to say, enough with this nonsense. It's a bad offense. Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. The the New York Jets are not going to make the playoffs. Let's stop pretending like this is a thing. I am the man to do it. I am bravely standing up, raising my hand. I will go against the tide of conventional wisdom and say, no, this is a bad football team. Does that mean you're picking the Bills this weekend? Yeah, I'm picking the Bills this weekend. (laughs) Just... 
I'm over this. I'm over this Zach Wilson is back nonsense after he, like, completes two passes in a row and we all lose our minds over it. I like you canceling the Jets, and I would also like to cancel Robert Salah's beard. I mean, <laughs> he looks so much better fully shaved. What is he doing? <laughs> it, it was also, like, Hard Knocks, like, it was just the Aaron Rodgers show. Uh, not only are they costing us valuable primetime television real estate, they cost us a whole season of Hard Knocks. They, they, they deserve this. Yeah, I know. He he was so uninspiring. Remember that one clip where he's dropping F-bombs left and right? And it's like, all right, we get it. You know how to use curse words, Robert. <laughs> oh, I think Michael Phillips just dropped off. See if we can get get him. Oh, he's back. All right. Hey, oh, okay. Yeah, you're back. All right, let's get to the teams that I've canceled <laughs> here. I've canceled the Carolina Panthers. And I want to make sure that Zach McHugh hears me here. I have canceled the Panthers, and I'm proud of it. I've canceled the Chicago Bears. Not worried about them. The Denver Broncos. Now, look, Michael hasn't canceled the Broncos, and he's holding on to that. I've canceled the Broncos, and I don't care, and I'm pissed off that they're on primetime again this weekend. I've canceled the Cardinals. I've canceled the Giants. I've canceled the Patriots, the Packers, the Houston Texans, and the L.A. Rams. And, folks, the pick is in. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I, I don't know how much time you have left in this segment. Are you just going to gloss over the fact that you canceled the Houston Texans, or are you going to account for that? I canceled the Houston Texans, and I'm doubling down because I'm canceling all the rookie quarterbacks this year. C.J. Stroud is going to make a few mistakes, and the Texans are going to struggle towards the end of the season. Wow, Stubb, guess you got two clips to log now. <laughs> all right, the pick is in. Michael Phillips thinks he's doing stand-up here. <laughs> <laughs> The Saints. Touchdown, New Orleans. Touchdown for the Saints. You're fired. Which means you are done. You better pack it up and get out of here. Get the hell out of here. And I'd like you to get the f out of here. You're fired! You shouldn't be fired on your off day. And I'm canceling the Saints on their bye week because they lost to the Minnesota Vikings in which Josh Dobbs defeated the Saints 27-19. I mean, are you kidding me, Saints? You have to win that game if you want to be a playoff team. They still can make the playoffs, but they're not winning the damn Super Bowl, not if they can't even beat the Minnesota Vikings. Saints, you're fired. Yeah, no problems with that pick. It's a bad division, so they might sneak in, but I think we all see they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Michael, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. What you got coming up on your show tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Getting ready for a big football weekend. And uh, I'm excited. Even though JMU doesn't have uh, the bowl game, the New Year's bowl game to play for, this is still a really fun football game. Game day is going to be there. Get you ready. Dukes and App State. I'm, I'm fired up for it. Should be a great matchup. Oh, whoa, whoa. Michael, sorry to cut you off. Somebody just ran into the studio here. Breaking microphones. It's Brian from Brian's Picks. Are you back to give out another 10 winners? I am. Hold on. Did we I talked about it? this earlier. Oh, my goodness. Michael, this is a new Here's bit we're doing on the show here. Brian, picks the traffic in. reporter. How, how are the streets looking today? Uh... It's a sunny day, so it's probably a million accidents. No, there's actually a water main break up the street. Oh, is there the really? The waterworks, yes. <laughs> so Brian is our NFL savant here. Last week, we tried to pick 10 winners to win $1,000. That's the bit we're doing every week on the show. You bet $5 on FanDuel. Sign up with promo code AWOD. And these picks right here on this sheet of paper yes. will win you $1,000. Last oh. week, you were 7 of 10. All right. Not My terrible. goodness, dude. 
You might be the traffic director, but this is some sloppy handwriting. Uh, I can't well, even read yeah. this. What, what is this? Of the days of hand- I, I might have to might have to send this to Michael Phillips. See if <laughs> Professor Phillips can read these. <laughs> If it's not not legible, it's an incomplete in my great book. Oh, wow. All right. You're going with the, what is that, the Cowboys? Yes. Cowboys? All right. Dallas Cowboys over the Carolina Panthers. Give them a ding. That's game number one. Pittsburgh over the Cleveland Browns. This Cleveland quarterback for that out, I think, isn't he? In the Cleveland quarterback Yeah, he's out for the season, but they've won without him this year. Okay. All right. All right. You're going with the Steelers. I like the confidence. Yeah. Um, you're going with the Green Bay Packers <laughs> over the Chargers. I am. I like this Green Bay coach. I always have. Matt LaFleur? I like, I like this uh, quarterback, yeah. too. That's how he does the picks. He like he likes the coach. He likes the cheerleaders. He likes the color on the uniforms. The <laughs> it is my high school colors, Green Bay, by the um, way. You're going with the Houston Texans over the Arizona Cardinals. I yes, like that okay. pick. You're going with Jacksonville over the Tennessee Titans. It's a solid pick right there. You're going with Miami, the Dolphins, over the Vegas Raiders. You're going with Washington over the Giants. Washington let you down last week. Doesn't matter. You're going back to the Commanders. Down, you know what? There San Francisco over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seattle over the Rams. And the Denver Broncos over the Minnesota Vikings. That's an upset right there. Yeah. That's a, that's a decent home, pick. Right? Did I pick the home team on that one? Uh, Denver is at home in Mile okay. High. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, Michael, how are you feeling about those picks? You will never catch me laying nine and a half points with the Ron Rivera coach team. It's not a thing that's going to happen <laughs> over here. No, the, well, we're doing these are all money line though, so we're we're not oh, touching the oh, points. Oh, that's here. a great pick, then. Yeah, yeah Brian, just... Brian nailed it as always. Keep up the good work, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I, I'm definitely worried about a few of these picks, Brian. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I like Cleveland over Pittsburgh. Okay, I do. I think Miles Garrett might do enough defensively to just win that game. Pittsburgh's offense has looked garbage at times. I, I kind of like every other pick on this. Maybe I could see the Rams upsetting Seattle, but I think you got a big fat winner here. I really like this Dolphins head coach. He's always got a good joke to tell. And yeah, kind of reminds me of my old you know joke days on the radio. Oh, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> you see what he does, MP? He, he likes coaches. He picks based off coaches. I do like him. <laughs> I, I'm watching out for this guy in the March Madness pool. He's going to be that guy that you know. Oh, it's a tree. That's a great mascot, and then he ends up winning all the money. The traffic reporter, the traffic director, aka Bonezini. We yes. learned about that nickname earlier this you week. Did. Bonezini. All he does is pick winners. Yeah. <laughs> Bonezini for the baked ziti. All right, that's Brian, the traffic reporter. I'm Adam Epstein. We'll tweet out the picks at nine ten. The fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. It's time to go inside the Ram Horns here on AWOD Radio, and this segment is presented by the Red Door Guys. Love the Red Door Guys. They're huge supporters of VCU Athletics. And they are the sponsor of Inside the Ramhorns here on AWOD Radio as VCU gets a 23-point victory thanks to 40 second-half points and holding Radford to 17. They come away with a 73-50 win. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Zach Joaquin from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. What's going on, Zach? Adam, what's up, man? Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed the victory beer. I did, man, and uh, it feels good 
to get a win. I was definitely nervous at halftime. So what do you think was the difference in the second half? It started defensively, right? I mean, I think it, it, and it started in the first five, seven minutes or so to end that first half. I think Radford's largest lead was 31-22. Um, and it felt much like the beginning of the McNeese State and Sanford games, didn't it? Over that, that first 10 to 15 minutes, I think a new group, you know, playing in front of fans that they really want to impress and, and, and please are dealing with some nerves out of the gates early in games. Um, you get down double-digit points to both McNeese and Sanford, um, and they were able to recover in that second game, not in the first game. The hole didn't get nearly as dire this time, though. It was only nine points, and it felt like they were within arm's reach the entire time. And then you just started stringing stops together. And Ryan, in the post-game press conference, talked about the drill that they do, and, and you have to get multiple stops in order to get an offensive opportunity. And so that's the mentality that they collectively play with. Um, and you just started compiling and racking up stops one after the other, and you're able to get momentum going that way in an offensive rhythm because you're getting opportunity after opportunity. And I think it was, it was the attention to Giles as well, right? Kenyon Giles, the guard for Radford, um, who was just hitting tough shot after tough shot early in that game. And I think Jason Nelson and Zeb Jackson kind of took it upon themselves to lock him down and not give him as many open looks. And, and, and that really turned the game around. And then BCU started hitting big shots, man. They found an offensive rhythm. Um, Jason got hot and confident from outside, ended up hitting four or five three-point attempts, and Zeb hit the big one before halftime to make it feel, you know, it was 33-33 at the break, but it really felt like VCU should be on top um, and was primed to, to go on the, on the 16-3 run that they did to begin that second half to create some distance there. Zach, what I love about Coach Ryan Odom so far in this young season is that he's so transparent and he's so open with his players. He mentioned, and even Zeb talked about that, he had two turnovers to start the game. That's unacceptable. He took him out and he screamed at him, and then he went back in and was a difference maker throughout the rest of the game. And so I love that transparency from Coach Odom. And Zeb ends up with the 32 over plus minus, which is a wild number. And then a team high five assists too. And I think it was, I think it was you that, that asked that it may have been Matt um, who asked Deb this in the post game press conference, you know, with, with losing so much of your roster last year, but primarily ACE, you know, who was your, your floor general and your distributor. Zeb certainly seems to have taken on yeah. the captaincy, you know, from an, from an intangible standpoint off the court, but also on the court, just from a directing the offense and, and setting his teammates up standpoint. Um, and he's really taken on that responsibility and ran with it, man. How great has it been to see that kid grow um, early in the year from a leadership standpoint? He's interacting with the fans a lot on the court. Everyone saw the tweet, you know, giving a huge shout out to the fans. I believe it was after the Sanford game, you know, over the weekend. Um, and he has become the voice and, and the talisman for this team. And so when he makes mistakes early on, you know, when your leader makes a couple of those mistakes, it, it, it compounds itself. It's more important than if a role player you know, makes a couple of mistakes early on. You feel like you can collectively get over that. But I think Ryan got so upset with Zeb after that moment because you can't have your leader making those mistakes early on because everyone else is going to follow suit. And, and Zeb buttoned it up, man, and, and, and got it together and played an outstanding game, and everyone else followed his lead. Zach Joaquin, Zach Joaquin with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He is the VCU Athletics beat writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Always available on the go in the Odyssey app. And if you rewind to 12.15, you'll hear my recap of the VCU victory, including my post-game conversation, the leading scorer chat with Jason Nelson. And, um, Zach, I mean, how impressive has Jay Nell been this season? 
man, he's been amazing. And I, I, I wrote about the kind of the hometown feel a lot in my story after the game because when, when Jason makes a bucket, when Facts makes a bucket, Rose hasn't had much of a chance early on to contribute, but he's certainly in this group. The, the Siegel Center gets extra excited. You know, when a, when a Richmond area kid is contributing in the black and gold and you could feel that excitement when Jason started to get hot last night. It's like it's like when Toby gets going downhill and, and gets ready for a dunk. You know, there's just a little bit of an extra um, anticipation around it. Everyone loves rooting for Jason. And obviously, you know, the added storyline of him coming over from Richmond uh, certainly adds to that. Um, man, just seeing him grow in confidence as a scorer. He's always been a great ball handler um, and a floor general. He's going to set his teammates up and, and, and make the right decisions. But for his outside shot to be hitting like it is right now, and it, it took a couple games into the year, right? I think we saw it in the March Hill exhibition and in the black and gold game. And then he didn't make a three for the first couple of games of the year. And I think maybe a little bit of that was what we've already touched on collectively with this group, which is just nerves, which is just wanting, you know, so much to succeed early on when you've got a lot of anticipation going into this year and such a new group and he's really settled in and you could see I think when when that first one went in his eyes just lit up and and the confidence he was brimming with confidence for the rest of that game but man I think that he made sports center top 10 I believe right I was just looking at that earlier on Twitter too I think he was number 10 with a with a steal um and then the transition lob to Toby when Toby just bumped his head on the rafters um that everyone loves watching that guy get up and so man Jason has certainly become you know, a, a big leader in the spirit of this team. And again, his defensive presence as well was huge. So many of his skills, it seems like, come in transition. And he and Zeb both love taking on that responsibility of guarding the other primary guard on the other team that's going to run their offense. And they did a wonderful job on Giles, particularly in that second half. And you mentioned confidence. I mean, there's so many guys on this team that have so much potential when they start gaining their confidence. And one of those guys is Toby Lawall, who in 17 minutes last night had his first career double-double with 12 points and 10 rebounds. And there was a point in the second half where Radford could not stop him. He was catching the ball on the baseline or behind the three-point line and just taking a few dribbles to the basket or or even backing a guy down and just using his size to jump over people, there was a play in which he shot a hook shot, missed it, grabbed his own rebound, and then was fouled. He hit 6 of 10 from the free throw line. I mean, this guy, you know, what did, they, what did Michael Jordan say? Like, the sky is the ceiling, right? I mean, Toby <laughs> LaWall could be so good the more he gains confidence, man. I, I believe it was the ceiling is the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the MJ comment, yeah, that was that was the best. No, but I mean, uh, Toby seems to hit his head on the ceiling, you know, on a, on a regular basis on a lot of those lobs. See, we all saw the what was it, a fifty inch vertical over the off season, you know, that VCU basketball released the video of, and everyone was going crazy about. And I think he, there's a psychological element to his athleticism. Uh, it's demoralizing for other teams when you have a series like that. If you're if you're Radford and, and Toby's just, you know, being a better athlete than all of the other bigs down there and, and going up and getting balls that they can't get, that's that's demoralizing when you've got a guy like that who can bring an arena to its feet with the rim rocking dunks and who can have a series like that where it feels like you just got no answer for him. And in particularly in that series in the second half there, I think like eight of those free throws might have been consecutive. It was at least six that it was like three or four possessions in the row where he just went, kept going back to the line. Um, and they just had no answer for him. And we heard so much in the offseason about him developing the outside game and the jump shot. And that's maybe coming along slowly. He took one three, and I thought the release looked pretty good. And if he can just make his defenders be honest, 
you know, it, like last year, Nick Kern, right? Nick Kern was so great at, at putting his head down and getting to the rim and defenders were just playing so far off of him and just leaving him on the perimeter. But it didn't matter because Nick was such a great driver. I think Toby's getting to that point where, I mean, defenders, if they have to be honest and can't leave him out on the perimeter and have to come out and put a hand up when, when he's looking to take a jump shot, then he's going to beat a lot of guys um, on cuts like he did last night and just be able to use his athleticism in the paint to live on the boards, um, crash the glass, and, and get put back opportunities and get to the line when he's committed to, as, as he said, assaulting the rim. Uh, I think he said it a few times in the post-game press conference, so that's been a huge emphasis for Ryan. And there's nobody on this team better than doing that, better at doing that than Toby. Um, we've seen, I think he's been kind of the center, uh, right, in that first game they took 36 threes. And everyone's takeaway after that was maybe that's a little too much for this group. But in the last couple of games, they've really committed to assaulting the rim, right? And I think that Toby and Zeb have been kind of the heart of that. Zeb's been still making some big threes. But, but putting his head down, getting to the rim, using his quickness, he's probably the best driver off the dribble that this team has. And then Toby using his athleticism to put his head down, to go live in the paint, to commit to the dirty work, you know, the, the, the ones where you might not be able to, to sink it, but you get to the line um, and you contribute for your team. Then he's really committed to, as he said, and as Ryan said, assaulting the rim. And that has collectively helped this team play more inside out. As Ryan and Zeb have both said, their offense is better when they do that. It's a good 23-point victory for the Rams. Incredible second half, and I always talk about how enjoyable a press conference is after a win. But, Zach, we buried the lead now, so we need to get to the story of the post-game press conference in which Ryan Odom roasted you, and then I took a stray along the way. I'll let you try to explain to the audience uh, what happened. It's my fault that, that that you took a stray. I was trying to give you credit for, for the observation because I thought it was a good observation, and I think you asked Deb about it. Right when when the players were out there, because Dev played in that game last year, right? He was a, he was on that team. VCU beat Radford. I think it was by eight last year. Virtually the same Radford team on the same floor, and and we all know it's really difficult to compare results across seasons, and you can only draw so much from that. But I think it's 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 virtually the same Radford team at the same arena, and this VCU team beat them by twenty three points. It's tough not to look at that and and be encouraged by that. Um, and so we asked Ryan about that, and Ryan kind of kind of roasted me in that moment and said it doesn't mean anything you can't you can't compare results across seasons like that you know the, the a10 champs beat them by eight here last year so what you know it's it, i i know it's the same radford team and and ryan i appreciated it after we all had kind of a good laugh at the beginning got to the root of the question which is that radford's a good basketball team man that's a team that, that's that's going to compete at the top of its conference um and after it felt like vcu was fighting a bit of an uphill battle in those first two games of the year, right? Really had to recover from the early deficit, even though you win the Sanford game by double digits. This felt kind of like the coming out party a little bit. I think where this team settled down, took a deep breath and gained its confidence. Um, and I think that you can certainly ride that momentum forward, hopefully into a, into a winning streak here. And, and that was the root of the question, which is that Radford's a good basketball team, right? That, that pushed last year's A-10 champs with virtually the same personnel that I believe was leading North Carolina by a point earlier this year in Chapel Hill. So that, that's 23 points over that Radford team is not a victory to sniff at. This is definitely something that VCU can build on. And that was the root of the question, even though, Ryan, uh, we, we all had a good laugh, because he's absolutely right. You can't compare results of the, across seasons like that, and it's, it, it's never one-to-one. But point being, this is certainly a result of this VCU team 
can draw confidence from and, and hopefully ride it to a wave of momentum that carries through from Seattle uh, into a stacked field in Orlando for them to be able to, to come out of Orlando with a win or two is going to be huge. All right, Zach, that's your version of what happened. Let me explain <laughs> my version here, all right? So Awad asked an incredible question to Zeb Jackson. <laughs> it's thought-provoking, and Zeb's like, yeah, you know what? It does give me a lot of confidence to know that we beat the same Radford team last year by only eight points and this year by 23. And he said, in fact, I did watch that game last year to prepare for this game. And then you said to Ryan Odom, oh, yeah, Adam asked Zeb Jackson this. And he goes, well, that's a stupid question by Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Zeb gave you such a great response, man. I was hoping I was going to get the same Ryan. Ryan cut you off before you finished the question. You were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Awad asked this earlier. And he goes, Awad, I'm not answering his dumb question. (laughs) (laughs) Man, if Zeb watched the game, I was hoping Ryan might have too. But apparently that was not the case. Yeah, no. All right, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Adam, you're the best. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Yep, that's Zach Joaquin. Follow him on social media and read his work at richmond.com. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So, Stub, RTD, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, they have a food critic by the name of Justin Lowe. And I love reading his work. He's got a new article out today. Stop. I've been trying my hardest to hunt him down and bring him on the show. He might be the busiest food critic of all time. But we have an in now, right? Can you get the Michael Phillips? Maybe. The, the connection the there? The connection there. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's work on it. You know what? I'm going to put you on that task, okay. all right? <laughs> Maybe you can try to book him. But I love his work so much. So his most recent article is the lead story here on Dude Food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! I can eat this off a flip-flop! <laughs> loves food. Dude! Food! So Michael Phillips always says he's beating the drum for JMU. Every single week he's beating the drum for JMU, talking about them that their football team. Uh, well, I want to keep beating the drum that Richmond is the burger capital of America. Like, we don't talk about that enough. We're talking about America. We're talking about the entire country. Richmond, Virginia, the burger capital. That's crazy. It's awesome. That's a a hard thing to get. So Justin Lowe from RTD reviewed my favorite burger, Easy Burger, which is the combination of Ardent and ZZQ in the heart of Scott's edition. And I love his first quote. It's a friggin' awesome burger. And I, I love it so much. And so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's hyping it up. But listen to this, all right? So they're so, like, determined to make sure they're creating the perfect burger at Easy Burger that, number one, it must come. Give us a ding for this. It must come on a shiny Labella Vita bun. And I will tell you, their bun is delicious. Number two. It must be precisely 5.3 ounces of dry-aged Black Angus beef. And it must use an 80-20 blend of chuck, short rib, and just like anything ZZQ-related, brisket. And uh, here's the best thing about this. And this is this is a tip for all you burger fans out there. Okay. Everybody talks about a smash burger, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, give me a burger. Smash it! <laughs> Right? I'm going to eat this. I'm going to smash this burger. There's even a restaurant called Smash Burger. Uh-huh. That's not how you're supposed to do it. 
you're supposed to gently press the burger. So that's what they do. Not a full-bone smash burger, just a gently press. And because of that, they say it yields a beefier physique. And it, it's my favorite burger in Richmond. And you anyone, have to try it, stuff. Anyone that starts bringing math into their cooking recipe, yeah. I trust them. Right. 80, 5.3 like ounces, 80 to 20, 80 like, to 20 blend. <laughs> I, I trust that. Yeah. I, I trust that. Do you so. have a favorite burger in town right now? I, I haven't been doing a lot of burgers recently. Really? Yeah, I've what, been trying, is, to, trying been to do more chicken. Really? Know, trying to be, yeah. What are you, Chick-fil-A? <laughs> no, not like that. You know, like chicken sandwiches kind of thing. I've been uh-huh. focused. New York Deli's got a good chicken sandwich. Really? Is it fried oh, or is yeah. it grilled? Uh, either. You can choose. Which, which I got it grilled. You? Okay. Well, actually, no. I ordered Were you watching gri- your calories? Well, I, I ordered- you just graduated college, man. <laughs> I ordered Your metabolism hasn't slowed down yet. And then they yet. brought me out a fried one, oh. so I said, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good. It, yeah. It, it, um, I had Izzy's Kitchen. They had a burger that I really liked. Izzy Kitchen. Izzy's right? Kitchen. I don't it's, know it's right next to Bandito's. Oh, you know what? You stick in that little triangle. <laughs> I do. Really... It's, it's walking distance. <laughs> <laughs> That's my triangle. I love that. All right. What did you want to bring up on Dude Food today? Uh, there's a new Dr. Pepper flavor. Okay. And it doesn't look good. Because really? it's, it's, it's Dr. Pepper hot take. What? You know, like a, like a sports hot take. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and oh, they're all in on the sports bit. Yeah. And it's spicy. Did Whoa. you have it's the spicy? It's spicy? Did you have the so Mountain out. Dew so Flame so and Hot? No, and I have Terrible. a thing. I Terrible. do not like spicy liquids. Nope. Unless I'm putting them like I like a hot sauce or Tabasco yeah, yeah. put on I'm my not, food. I can't I don't handle it. So, no, I don't want to drink it. Like um, my friend likes a spicy margarita. I tried it. I wanted to vomit. Yeah, it, I've had spicy coffee. Right. I uh, had a friend. No, that used, people mm-mm. do. Uh, no what way. Is, what do they call it? The tomato-based drink. Oh, the, the the Shirley. No, not a Shirley. No, no, no. Oh, what a is Bloody that? Mary? Bloody Mary. Yeah, Disgusting. my friend it likes a spicy disgusting. Bloody Mary. Ugh, can't Why do it. Why would I get an alcoholic drink with a celery stick So in Dr. It? Pepper, that was invented in the 1880s, is trying to rewrite history right now and come I, up with a spicy I, drink? I won't be trying it. No, me I will not be tr- And I usually, I like to try a new specialty soda. I like to. Yeah, and you really are into soda. <laughs> I am. I am into soda. And and I'm, I'm taking this because I heard the junkies talk about this last week. Uh-huh. Dr. Pepper has bad specialty flavors. Yeah. They they have cherry and vanilla. Like, this is what they were talking about. It's just flavors that Dr. Pepper already is. And I've always said Dr. Pepper survived, but the better drink was Mr. Pibb. What? You never had Mr. <laughs> no, Pibb? No, I've had Mr. Pibb. You I, didn't this, think it was better than Dr. Pepper? This is the worst take I've ever heard. Oh, my God. Pibb? <laughs> You're the only Pib person extra. who's ever said this. Pibb Extra was the bullet. only person with this opinion. Oh, my God. You didn't grow up in the 90s. You're, you're still a child. <laughs> I saw I saw this story online from our friends at Tasting Table that um, reminded me of you. Okay. So we know Taco Bell has brought back nacho fries. Did you hear about their newest variation? Yes, I did. You, of course you did. <laughs> you're spoiling it. The grilled cheese nacho fries. Anything that Taco Bell makes that doesn't have ground beef in it is fantastic. And the problem is that's 90% of the menu. But <laughs> have you already tried the grilled cheese nacho no, fries? No. I got Wendy's yesterday. I hadn't had fast food in like two weeks. I got some Wendy's. Still mad. $6 biggie bag. No way. That's too much. Yeah. What did it, it used to be four for four? Four for four. And then the $5 biggie bag. And you can see, you know, when they I put love the, the way you sticker. Call it the biggie bag. Like, we all know what that it's is. It's the $5 biggie bag. It's the, the notorious okay, biggie bag. You know, bag. when they have that menu and they slap a sticker on with the higher price? Yeah. Oh, makes me mad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was, this has turned into the fast was, food foodie <laughs> review. I, all right. I want you to go to Taco Bell this weekend. All right. And okay. give us a report back on Monday. About the grilled cheese nacho fries. I can fries. do that. I can All do right. that. No, I, I know you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> All right, so now you'll be doing some homework for the show. Because you know 
I love to give Stubb homework. It's my favorite thing <laughs> to do. You do, and I'm not great at doing it. <laughs> but you did some homework last night that I asked you to do. I did. You I checked did. out I, the I Blockbuster podcast. podcast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you do homework, I allow you to talk on air. <laughs> <laughs> That's, hey, hey you're, you're working. You know, you're grinding. I'm grinding. And I'm you're doing grinding. my football homework. Yeah. That for sure. That's my favorite part. When you came in Monday and you said, hey, I watched the Commanders game and I took notes, my, I mean, you should have seen. There was like a twinkle in my eye. <laughs> I was like, I, I finally found my producer. That's, that's my producer, man. That's my, my guy. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial.